Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Intentional Now Podcast. This is Kristen Wombeck. Up early, early, early before the sun has even started to think about popping over the mountains and lighting the morning, peeking through the trees. I got up early this morning. It's Friday and Ah, yesterday was a full day and it just didn't have any room for me to record my podcast, which I usually do on Thursday. So I got up extra early this morning just to come and have a conversation with you. Welcome. Hello to my listeners in the USA. Hello. How are you doing? Hello to my international listeners. Hey, Thank you so much, everybody, for putting your headphones on, and here we go, here we go. I hope you had an opportunity to catch last week's um, episode. Um, We completed three different episodes on... um, on infinite changes. They're wonderful. I love your comments. It's just really exciting to be able to connect with you in that way. It's wonderful. Okay, so I have had my first cup of coffee. Yum, yum, yum. And yes, I do take mine with cream. (laughs) So here we go. And in that reflection, you know, my yesterday was filled with tender transitions. Tender transitions. Hmm. (laughs) That is a thought-provoking statement, isn't it? Yeah, tender transitions. Well, let's hold that thought for a minute and let's hold it actively. I want to set up the airwave stage this morning and we'll get back to that. So just hold that thought of tender transition. Okay, let's do just a little bit of housekeeping, like um, make our time together more pr- productive, helpful, and communicative. I thank you. I value this time that we share together, that you share with me. So make sure you follow the podcast, which provides you with firsthand access to the latest episodes. And this morning, it will probably ding you before your alarm gets you out of bed. So good morning. Go start the coffee pot. Turn on your hot pot and get that tea going. We are just going to set this Friday on edge in a good way, right? As always, I always leave links in the description of the episode to assist you connecting to the items that I've shared with you. Those are always there for you so that you can quickly come back to the things that I've talked about. So a couple of things that I always leave in there is remember that this, well, This particular platform is from the unfinished book, which is the text and the conversation that we have been having for the last few months. Remember, um, the unfinished book can be found at all your local and online retailers. So make sure you go pick up a copy and thank you to those who've already purchased it and are following along with me in this podcast, hearing 
between the lines and also reading the text. It really helps us unpack what God is doing in our hearts now, what God did in my heart during the writing of it. It's very exciting. And then also, I have another little promotional thing to share with you. So get your your ears up and listen because it's going to go away lickety split. I'm currently taking signups for a free class, a hands-on tutorial building a Facebook page. So if you are just totally challenged by social media, you know, you need to broaden your skills. That's you. I'm talking to you (laughs) because you know that you need to get your voice out there. You need to expand your platform. I just invite you to pop over and get on the list for registration. It is a free Zoom class on how to build a Facebook page. Again, very hands-on. I will show you point A to point B. At the end of the class, you will have a up and running live Facebook page ready to serve you and the clients in the community in which you speak to. Okay, so grab that link there and jump over there. It's going to be small classes so that we can do screen sharing and actually show everything. In the same tone of computer support, which I am a little bit of a guru on, I also built a comprehensive website building course to help you step in and a greater measure to those online dreams. It What it does, what a website does, it creates a platform that connects you with your right fit client and social media brilliantly. So, What does a website do? That platform. So everything that I do, every different area, whether it's Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, those things, people need to link back to you because those are just like icing on the cake. They just kind of introduce yourself to the greater international community but when you have a website that means that they have a place to come back and link to you they have a place to come by back and go oh well who is this person what is her about page how do i connect with her what type of resources does she provide that maybe i need to implement into my current season Yeah, so that is the importance of it. So this particular course is just filled with templates, freebies, and of course, my motivational style support. Yeah, I'll leave the link for you in the episode description. Okay, now that is enough housekeeping. Make sure you click the follow, 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 follow me button. Okay, that just helps us. That helps us communicate better. And right now, I'm going to have to ask for a little forgiveness. My, my dash, my King Charles Spaniel, Spaniel is now asleep. asleep. <laughs> she's not she's ready not to ready get, out, get of out of bed. She's, she's in her basket here, here in my office, and she's snoring. <laughs> so I'm not going to disturb her, but if you hear a snoring dog in the background, that is what. It is. I love her, <laughs> I love her company. company. She, she got me with me all, all the time. So, 
We've got the housekeeping done. I've welcomed you. I've asked you to follow. <laughs> and guess what? I can feel that this is going to be one of those get out your soapbox episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, if you've been hanging out here for a while, you're just going, oh my gosh, this is going to be good. You're right. So what does it mean to get out your soapbox? So if you are international, you may not know what that statement means. So let's take a look at it. It is a curious phrase before we get going so that you know, you know, just kind of what I'm talking about. So getting out the soapbox is an is a is like expressing one's views passionately or self-importantly. This particular expression comes from the little literal use of a soapbox as an improvised platform for a speaker, usually outdoors. And you can find it, it began to stir up its its um, history in about the early 1600s. So another thing in that area of get out your soapbox that I am very familiar with is in the rural parks. Yep, in the lovely UK in London, they have what is called a speaker's corner. It is in Hyde Park. It is a royal law. Let me tell you about that. It's just really fun. I'll add the link in there so you can look it up. So a speaker's corner is a traditional site for public speeches and debates in Hyde Park since the mid-1800s when protests and demonstrations took place in Hyde Park. Speaker's Corner is located on the northeast edge of Hyde Park, nearest to Marble Arches and Oxford Street. Historic figures such as Karl Marx and George Orwell were known to often have used this area to demonstrate free speech. In 1872, an Act of Parliament set aside this part of Hyde Park for public speaking. Even today, on a Sunday morning, it is not unusual to find crowns, crowds gathering at the speaker's corner to listen to enthusiasts expounding their views. Anyone can turn up unannounced to speak on any subject as long as the police consider their speeches lawful. <laughs> so, is my speech today lawful? Well, you, I invite you to go ask Jesus himself to find out if it's lawful, if it's truthful, you go talk to the way, the truth, and the life, and he will unpack that for you. Isn't that a neat, neat little tidbit of history? So maybe next time when I visit London and I'll be back, I'll pull out my soapbox and give her a go there on Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park, okay? Oh, right, we're just stirring it up, right? So as we set up today, our next chapter, chapter 11, is Angels on a First Name Basis. Well, now if that doesn't stir up a little controversy of, of what do we believe in exactly, what do we believe in? Yeah. So I wanted to share with you from my soapbox today, 
something about my mandate. And you might say, Kristen, what is a mandate? A mandate is just a different word for an assignment. And this assignment, this mandate has to do with what God has asked me um, as his daughter. What am I called to do? for the kingdom, in the kingdom. So a mandate is something that you feel, you know, you feel this possession, this call, this assignment. Some people might call it a vision. Um, I'll refer to it as it's written on my destiny scroll of something that is who I am and how I communicate and the, the perspectives and how I communicate to the body of Christ as a leader. Okay. So in sharing that from my soapbox, I want to share some perspectives because I want to expand. I want to expand and ignite. And so I'm going to use the apostle Paul's words to stir and ignite your spirit before we enter into the next chapter. Because maybe we need to expand and make room so that when you ask the Lord the question about spiritual beings, about angels, about how we connect and communicate with them, and what does that all mean, we need to make some room for some more truth, right? And in making room for more truth, sometimes you got to kick out some old doctrines that just are not serving you well. Okay? So what is a preacher's, a minister's, a reverend's, a leader's? What is their response or responsibility in the area of informing the greater body of Christ? What is that? So let's pop over here to 1 Corinthians 3, 5. And I absolutely love the Mirror Translation Bible. Most of the times, if I'm going to talk about scripture, it is going to be from there. It is written by Francis de Toy. And it's absolutely wonderful. I would just encourage you, get your hands on one. It is full of life and the perspectives from a heavenly perspective. So here we go. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. All right. Both Apollos and I, talking about the Apostle Paul, are on the same assignment. So if you have community with pastors and preachers and evangelists and leaders, we are actually all on the same assignment. Yes, we are. We are all here for you. It burns in us to open our mouth, to write the text, to develop manuscripts, to communicate, to teach, to share, to expand on. We are all here for you. Why? To influence your faith to discover yourself in Christ. Yep, that is the reason why I have a podcast is the reason why I wrote a book. That's the reason why I have been a pastor for 
12, 13 years to influence your faith to discover you, yourself, in Jesus Christ. So every individual is equally gifted in him. Did you hear me? Every individual is equally gifted in him. Same, not more special. Yes, the gifts take on um, different responsibilities according to the call and the purposes and the plan that God has in your life. But we are equally gifted. So what does that mean? Equally gifting. We can all hear, see, feel, taste, touch, enter heaven. We can all, all find ourselves in Christ and him in us. Equally gifted. All right. Nobody is more super spiritual than anybody else. We are all spiritual beings called to him for the purpose to worship and love, know and walk and have relationship with him. So beings that everyone is equally gifted. Paul's talking here. He says, I have planted by bringing the gospel to you in the first place. Then Apollos watered the seed in his ministry to you. So people have already come along and put seeds in your life. And here I am, Kristen Wambach, Intestinal Now Podcast. What have I done? I've come along. I've either planted a seed or I've watered something that God already placed in your life. But God causes the Christ life to ignite and expand you. (laughs) Did you catch that? But God causes the Christ life to ignite and expand in you. Are you expanding? Are you ignited? Are you on fire? Verse 7. If all we succeeded to do was to attach you to us as an individual, then I failed you. The one who plants is not more important than the one who waters. It is not about us. It's not about me. It's not about a good preacher. It's that's just not the focus here. It is about you. Yes, you, the listener, the airwaves carrying this message from Corvallis, Oregon, right there into your ears. It is about you realizing God's work within you. God in you, Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. So my ministry, our ministry has only one objective to reveal Christ in you. To talk about Christ in you so you recognize him in you and walk out in victory and overcome your destiny scroll. (laughs) So you can see it says here in the text, it says, see Paul's urgency. Do you see his urgency? My urgency is urgent when you are on fire and when you ignited and expanded in God, then it is always urgent. It is always urgent to make room, to expand, to have more, to allow the Christ in you to be more, right? 
So that is my ministry that is behind and sewn into the tapestry of my mandate here today. Not only in my presence, not only in when I'm talking with you here, it's not just about that, but that igniting, that expanding the words that I've shared with you, whether you think of them as a seed of something new or whether I'm watering what you have already been planted in you. It's not just when we're having this conversation. It is much more important when we're not having the conversation. In my absence, to discover the full extent of your own salvation. Yep, it is God working in you both to will and to do. Get those action words there. It is God working in you to both will and to do. So he's expanded and ignited you to will and do. Those are moving words. That's moving in your own life. That's moving in your relationships, in your home, in your community. That's moving with the love of God. It's it's moving. It's changing you. It's bringing forth new truths that you talk to him about. To do and to will. This working out your own salvation has nothing in common. Heads up, ears up, listen. That will and to do, working out your own salvation, has nothing in common with guilt, with willpower, or the restrictions of the law of the works system. Absolutely not a nothing to do with it. It is discovering his working in you. (laughs) His discovering, expanding you energizing you with both the desire and the capacity to give expression to him. That's what I'm doing here. I'm giving expression to him through my own voice, through my own heart, through my own relationship with him. I'm giving him expression so that Jesus Christ rises up in me, ignites and expands me and causes me to will and to do more, to know him more. And when you know somebody more, you respond from that relationship. You respond. What does the response look like? That response looks like my coming and going and getting myself out of bed early in the morning to hang out with you. That is a response of him in me. Would you believe me if I said this morning at 4.30 a.m. I heard three knocks. Yep. Now, three knocks at 4.30 a.m. And so I laid there for a minute. Hmm. The dog didn't bark. And yes, my dog is cozy sleeping on the bed between my husband, Don, and I. <laughs> She's boiled. And she didn't bark. My husband didn't stir. Aha, I've heard those knocks before. I stand at the door and knock. 
Who's that? Jesus Christ in the spirit. Yes, I've heard it. I don't know how many times. One, two, three. Hello, Kristen. Get up. It's time to do this. It's time to allow me to share through your voice the expansion and the igniting that my spirit has worked in you and release that to expand the will and the do so that you, the listener, can hear and see and experience Jesus Christ in you to both desire and to will and to do and to give that capacity, that fullness of expression of him in you. That is what it is all about. See, a soapbox. I'm standing on the soapbox and it is time to expand. It's time to be ignited. Here's my match. I've lit it catch fire and let that fire grow inside of you. <laughs> okay. Now that we have stirred up that feeling of expanding again, we always have to stir it up that feeling of expanding again. You are ready to hear. You're ready to listen, to take in. And I'm going to share the first testimony. What is the first testimony? <laughs> In chapter 11 on angels on a first name basis, it is a truthful test. Yep. A testimony is a truthful test that somebody has walked out and experienced. And now they share it with you. It is my test of truth I share with you. And how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You take that. This is from my book, chapter 11. I'm steadily amazed at the creativity God knit into all creation. It's amazing, angels. These beings of light, which serve together with us, without recognition, so that we can fulfill our collective destiny and have a conversation with a loving Father. Beings of light, traveling through dimensions, carrying the residue of His glory. Mm. We could just hang out there in that good. I'm going to read that again. I'm steadily amazed at the creativity God knit into all creation. Angels, the beings of light, which serve together with us without recognition so that we can fulfill our collective destiny and have a conversation with a loving father Beings of light traveling through dimensions carrying the residue of his glory. Right? Now I have a confession here written. Forgive me, Father. I was also hiding in ignorance and blindness from within the beloved. 
denying your creativity and helps when, for inconsequential reasons in the light of eternity, my relationship was broken and heaven hindered. I ask for your forgiveness. Heaven is hindered when we don't experience, learn, believe, add to truth about what is there, about the help and the creation of it. Valuable lessons and a few encounters on a first-name basis. I have three wakey-wakey stories. You ready? (laughs) Here we go. I initially heard the first testimony while attending a women's conference at Bethel Church, Redding, California. Please see reference to the link in my book to Benny Johnson's blog. I give them credit. This is my version of the testimony. Early in the days of discovering Bethel Church and their lovely prophetic culture, culture of honor, I was invited to join a group of women attending a women's conference. (laughs) Much anticipation was felt by all. As we got organized, wives and moms checked multiple family lists, filling refrigerators with food, filling cookie jars with sweets, all to get out of town for a glorious weekend. New friends waiting and old friends enjoyed. A fond memory for me. This was the first time I'd ever gone to Bethel. I remember being a bit overwhelmed by the multitude of like-minded women there. The campus was abuzz with excitement. (laughs) My favorite place to this day is the Alabaster Prayer Chapel. Many memories of angelic encounters while basking in his presence. From the platform, Benny Johnson was sharing that particular session, that session at the conference, and she was unpacking a story about one of their BSSM students from Wales, BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. The young girl from Wales had been awakened by the Spirit of God and asked to go to Moriah Chapel and say, Wakey, wakey. I'm sure in the girl's testimony that she had many thoughts running through her head and felt the sense of importance that requests like this do not come about every day. She arrived at the chapel surprised at the unusual amount of people present for the time, that particular time of day. (laughs) What are they doing there? She whispered, wakey, wakey, concerned about mm, being heard by others. (laughs) Is that how much you want revival in Wales? God said to her. (laughs) Okay, can we, can we hang here for a minute? Is that how much you want revival? 
<laughs> to be revived in him? God said to her, taking a deep breath and mustering up her courage, she yelled, Wakey, wakey! Nothing occurred for several minutes. Maybe she started to step away. Hmm. Nothing in the testimony reported the reaction of people who would have surely heard her and a loud, firm voice say, Wakey, wakey! Well, after leaving the scene, wondering about God's directed, she turned back and she looked again. All she witnessed were his feet. He was enormous. She asked his name. He answered that he was the angel from the 1904 revival and that she just woke him up. I'm sure Benny, Benny, Benny Johnson went on to share a few more details about the story, but that's the part that I remember. Considering my recent Angels at the Beach discovery, in seeing <laughs> that testimony was like dangling brown sugar dipped carrots in front of me. There it was. Kristen, what you gonna do? I do not remember when on the roster of the conference that it was that the story was shared. We had a brilliant time. We drove home refreshed and we were now fire-breathing faith, right? It must have been after 10 p.m. when I was, when dropped, I was dropped, off, dropped off at the home. Thoughts of the testimony. You know how they just stick in your brain and they roll over and over and over because I was being expanded and ignited. I was rolling around and around in my head the entire drive, drive home. Ideas were arising. Well, what about now? How thoughts. At that time, we lived in an 1873 Victorian house that had a beautiful widow's walk on the roof. I pondered, hmm, I could climb up there. Well, except for my unkindly neighbor, who I was sure would call the cops on me. Hmm, Lord, oh, can you see where I'm going? Yep, I'm expanding. I've been ignited. Lord, where could I discharge my faith? Well, a light popped into my head. <gasps> the football field. <laughs> we lived just a few blocks from the local high school my boys attended. <gasps> Visions of the 50-yard line swirled in my head. I threw down my suitcase in person, said a quick hello to my family. I'm home. <laughs> and I excused myself, saying I needed to unwind from the road trip and take a walk. Well, my son Jacob, who is very intuitive, said, Mom? Where are you going? Um, the football field to pray, I said. <laughs> it was kind of a little way out of normal. Wait, wait a moment, Mom. You're not going out alone at this time of the evening. And Jacob retrieved his longboard, a skateboard. And we were out the door and briefly, 
I briefly filled him in on the testimony I just heard and what I was planning on doing. Yes, my kids have that thought that I had a few marbles missing at times until they started encountering, encountering angels themselves. Yep. <laughs> Lesson learned. Angels respond in an atmosphere of honor and welcome. My wisdomful invitation already in the works via heaven was divining, divinely arranged. We found the gate at the football field. Unlocked. <laughs> Jacob remained on the sidewalk writing and practicing moves on his longboard determination and I walked across the cinder running track onto the grass and I stopped center the 50 yard line hmm an eerie internal feeling surfaced nobody was there black of the night with the sleeping community surrounding I inhaled a healthy farm girl breath and I hollered, Wakey, wakey, three times. Wakey, 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 wakey. And I waited, sensing, trying not to overthink it. The night sky from behind me shifted. The hairs on the back of my neck raised. I was standing frozen and entirely creeped out with two things on the testimony list left to do. I turned around and I asked his name. Mind you, <laughs> I hope I wouldn't wet my pants here. OMG, right? <laughs> he stood regal, serious, and in heavenly armored, with absolutely no expression on his face. Big dude. <laughs> his expressionlessness sent a, big, a bit of discomfort right down my spine. Now, now what have I done? Feel <laughs> you. That H stand, it stood about shoulder height. Yes, his sword was drawn firmly in his right hand, with a battled mark shield in his other. Sword off guard and pointing down, but drawn nonetheless. This is what I did. Here's this huge... Uh, being in armor taller than the H stand at the goal at the football field. His sword is drawn, thankfully pointed down, and his shield is ready. Uh huh. Okay. Well, his helmet reminded me of a samurai soldier in the movie The Last Samurai. He was not there for a quaint conversation. My spirit, probably because my breath evaporated, it asked his name. Kesson. Kesson. Okay, I got to say this right. 
Quezon. It's been a while. Quezon. C-A-I-S-S-O-N was his name. Quezon. How fitting. (laughs) Who thinks of this stuff? According to dictionary.com, here are the three of the definitions given for Quezon. A two-wheeled wagon used for carrying artillery and ammunition, an ammunition chest, and a wood crate containing bombs or explosives. Hello, and that's his name? (laughs) Lesson learned. Names reveal purpose, sometimes rank, and assignment of the angels. Well... The story gets just a bit more extravagant with the curious twist. We both stood there looking at each other probably less than a minute. Then Kason was gone. I took a moment to regain my um, sanity, startled by movement out, out of the corner of my eye in the dark. I checked my surroundings with more of a wary look. Jacob was still hovering just outside the chain league fence over near the front of the stadium. Then I noticed, shadowed in the blackness of the night, the outline of a young man leaning over to tie his running shoes. Over there on the track, I spooked and a little unnerved. Well, how come I didn't see him? He certainly would have seen me, and he certainly would have heard my wakey-wakey activity, right? Thoughts jumped around in my spirit. Had the angel changed? Well, that's what I thought in my gut. Ah. Casson. He changed. Well, and the timing of it all. Had the angel transformed? Without entertaining any more questions in my uh, spontaneous brain, I boldly walked over to the young man who was still fidgeting and now stretching as if preparing for a workout on the track. Um, in the dark? <laughs> I don't remember verbatim what I said. We chatted. And I am I casually mentioned my unusual activity. <laughs> And he acted totally unaware of my outburst in the lateness of the day. Hmm. You don't you think he might like stare at me and say, you're strange? (laughs) Yeah. He stated that he was an agricultural student at the local university. Hmm. A measure of disbelief filled my heart and I asked a few more prodding questions, which he answered without offense. To this day... I kick myself for not asking the obvious. Are you Kason, the angel? Kason, are you Kason, the angel? Oh, I should have just, I was bold this far. I should have just spit it out there, right? <laughs> well, society is a bit more familiar with the order of man-like angels. Yes. So just a side note, there are 10 orders of angels that I have currently encountered. I'm not the first to encounter them. 
Um, so they do come in orders. So what does an order of angels, uh, what does that mean, Kristen? It's very military. It's like if you had uh, uh, a battalion or a company, they all are under the same assignment. So an order of angels, they function with the same assignment. They look familiar. They do the same things. They're, they're, they're repeated. They're repeated. So like everybody has a guardian angel and everybody's guardian angel has the similar, um, they are, are similar. They're guarding, they're guarding, you know, the sons of God, right? So that's what an order of angels means. So that there's more of one of that type and purpose, right? Okay. So lessons learned. Beings of light can transfigure and they can't because they can go from light to something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Three things I remember from the conference today, the prayer chapel, the friends that also attended and the angel story, obviously. Having told the story, I'm sure that I wasn't the only individual that night waking up angels. I do have a question, though. <laughs> Who was waking up whom? Oh, Lord, give my eyes the ability to see and my ears the ability to hear. I'm going to continue on. This is good, isn't it? So, an armored order of angels. My wakey-wakey continues. My husband, Don, is a master technician. One side to the benefit of having a mechanic in the house that acquiring cars is never issue. The other side is timely repair versus infinite storage. <laughs> if you are married to a mechanic and have one in your family, you totally understand me, right? At the time, I was driving an adorable old white sub convertible. Heated seats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the top was a little worse for wear, and it had a great sound system with my iPod adapter. We have just dated the story, haven't we? Okay. Pinch me. I am totally in heaven. Can you see me? <laughs> I'll post the cute little picture of me in the car, right? Year round, the top of my car was open. If it wasn't raining, during the winter, the seat heaters were turned on high. Tunes cranked. Yep, that's me. The seat heaters on, the heat on, doesn't matter the season. If it's, if it's cold, crisp, and it ain't raining, the top is open. Here we go. I was a born convertible girl, and it was a beautiful late spring day in Oregon. My faithful little Yorkshire Terrier companion, Nikki, early in the morning, a friend of mine had invited us for a walk along the Willamette River. I gathered my checklist, water, snacks, beach chair, and Nikki, and we were on our way across town. 
I was cruising southbound through downtown Corvallis. My music is loud and cranked. Top down on the car, and I'm just about to pass the historic Benton County Courthouse. Well, let me set the scene a bit, okay? (laughs) It's about lunchtime, downtown. Pedestrians are filling the sidewalks. Car windows are rolled down, driver's arm extended, while traffic is halted at the light. Typical Oregonians finding every excuse to soak up some vitamin D. I'm driving slow, city speed. My peripheral view captured the sight of a senior man seated with a life-size cross resting on the sidewalk bench just by the courthouse steps. Now, seriously, you see that every day, right? (laughs) A senior man with a life-size cross, and he's taking a little, you know, a breather, a coffee break. (laughs) My spirit screamed, ping, 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 ping. (laughs) That's the sound of a submarine sending out radar sounds. Ping, 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 right? Not a moment to question, I was making a right-hand turn heading around the block before I realized distraction had taken over. Zipping around the corner, I parked right there in a parking spot directly in front of this audacious display. I heard about crosswalker reports, but via the evening news... Here, crosswalk, crosswalkers get it? Surprising in Corvallis? Yep. A ministry declaration that you do not come upon every day. So I'm parked and totally engaged. I asked the healthy looking senior man if I could sit with him just for a while. And I began to ask him about his path, his journey. His name slips my memory just a bit, but I know that he was a retired state trooper, that's a policeman, on a passionate quest to walk and pray at every county courthouse in Oregon. Glad to share he was lit up with two sides of devotion. One, he had dealt with all of society's mishaps and misfortunates, as a law enforcement sheriff. The other side, side two, his heart was reaching out in a partnership with God to make a difference. A loud, silent statement. He was delightful company. Not many days had passed since my um, first wakey-wakey story had been and made a huge display in my heart. You could feel the intercession anointing he was carrying. So, I shared with him my recent angel testimony. (laughs) Yep, I spit it out. He was intrigued. We both felt a consecrated moment at hand. So, I asked him if I could join him on the courthouse steps to pray and decree. Corvallis was still a bustle of afternoon scurry. Well, he stood to his feet. He parked his wheeled cross on the lawn. 
and we climbed the flight of stairs, stationing ourselves at the 129-year-old threshold, which dictates county legislation. It felt monumental. We prayed, and we released the heart of God for our country. Then, a pregnant pause. (laughs) I took a deep breath, tuning out and ignoring the passerby. I belted out, Wakey, wakey, three times. I think I startled my new friend a bit. We waited. Bizarre. Odd. Not a single soul seemed to hear or see our antics. You know, like we were invisible. You'd think if some lady were to holler from the courthouse steps, wakey, wakey, you know, people on the sidewalk would like stare. I had yelled a healthy farm girl holler from the unseen to the sea. And then I heard, crash, 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 clank, clank, clank. And this time, I heard his armor jangle as he stopped through and stepped through into the realm in my response. My hearing and seeing were honed in on this imposing angelic soldier. He was similar to Kason, of the same order or troop. Austere were his eyes. They were glaring at me from under his helmet. I'm sure the word was already out (laughs) about me, you know. (laughs) His sword was still in the sheath. (gasps) Thank God. (laughs) With an upward head nod, he signaled he was on it. On it. On our prayers. On our decrees. I explained what I was encountering to my honorable friend. And I also thanked him for his faithful intercession. Lessons learned. Faith increases by seeing God's strategic forces, his angel armies on duty. They are are accommodating to our learning curve. They were helping me. They knew what I was doing. (laughs) They had got the word out that somebody was aware of their ministry. (laughs) Okay, do you feel a little stretched and ignited? Yep, the feelings are stirred. All right, I am going to wrap right back around and I'm going to make a circle from the beginning of what we were talking to today with your expanded and ignited spirit. We've made room, right? So remember when I said yesterday was filled with tender transitions? Mm-hmm. Tender transitions. Hmm. What did that thought-provoking statement mean to you? Did you hold it there? Tender transitions. And here, now, I've shared with you my first of many angelic testimonies. Tender transitions. 
What do you want that to provoke in you? What questions does that arise in your particular season today? Huh. Yep, yep, yep. Now remember in my story, and yes, things have changed. Um, It's been several years since this occurred. And because of asking questions and learning their ministry, I have been introduced to many. And their faithful ministry has astounded me, touched me, brought me to tears, increased my faith of excitement, knowing that they are partnering with me and the evidence. Hmm. So those tender transitions, what is that speaking to you today? Is there anything in your life that the assistant assistance of a being of light could help with? Could open a door and initiate that change, that breakthrough that's on your heart? Good questions, right? Tender transitions. I think this is a really good time for you to have another one of your conversations with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Ask him. And I think I'm going to leave it right there in that moment of expansion. It's wonderful. I bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for partnering with me. Thank you for being here. Remember, you can find me. You can ask questions. You can, you can share comments on the podcast. You can connect with me on social media. Find me at kristenwambach.com. Remember my invitation or the Facebook page building course, the free one. And that's that. I'm not going to say anything else. I just want you to stay here asking questions. I'm going to get off my soapbox here. And maybe it's time for you to stand up on it, on yours, on your soapbox, and ask that question. How would the angels that are present in my life help me to transition? You have an absolutely marvelous day. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye now.